The ocean. It's everywhere. Vast, deep, and covers the majority of our planet. But what do we really know about it? And perhaps even more unsettling, do we know what lurks within? Hello and welcome to the Hoke Poke Pod, the show where we explore the strange and unusual. Really? We're just two idiots poking stuff we don't understand. So join us as we dare to ask the questions that nobody wants answered, such as, how badly would you die at the bottom of the Mariana Trench? Is it possible to fend off a giant squid in hand-to-hand combat? And what's more chilling, the ocean itself or the things that call it home? I'm Erica. And I'm Emily. Let's dive right in. Oh, I see. Welcome to the third episode of the Hoke Poke Pod, um, and we've taken a slightly different approach this time. This is a you versus me, a, a battle royale, I suppose, of uh, who can find things the most unsettling, the most strange, and the most unusual. Topics, the ocean. Mine specifically being the actual sort of nature of the ocean, the water, the darkness, the pressure, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. All that fun scientific stuff. All the fun, I got the fun science and numbers. <laughs> Mine are the really freaking freaky deep sea creatures that exist in the waters. Honestly, some of these I don't even know about, but we'll touch on a few. Otherwise, we'll be here for hours. Yeah, we could pretty much talk forever about all the, the creatures under the water. Um, and so we haven't looked at each other's topics tonight. We've, no. we've just done our own research and the idea is that we're going to try to compete to see what's worse the ocean or what's inside of it Uh, and and we'll hopefully come to an agreement by the end of it or maybe it's an ocean off so we'll see what our verdicts are yeah (laughs) it's all it's all spooky it's all fucked down there essentially (laughs) (laughs) so i feel like it's uh it's gonna be harsh competition let's start with just let's get a scale of the ocean itself yeah because it's like the, the ocean's very scary and mysterious and it's big it's really, really big. I think a lot of people underestimate how big the ocean is, actually. Yeah, and I think it's it's not just big, it's deep. At its deepest, it's recorded to be 10,994 metres below, which is just about 11 kilometres. Which, to put it into perspective, Mount Everest is only like 8,800 metres tall. Really? So the, the, the ocean is like a fair whack deeper than Mount Everest is tall. If you were to walk, like, down it horizontally, it would take you about two-ish hours to get to the bottom, which isn't actually that long. Wait, like, ver- wait, vertically? Yeah, if like, you if you cleared down? all the water out and popped it on its side, you could walk to the bottom of the Mariana Trench in about two hours. Wow. Which that's really weird to think about. It is, because it sounds so deep and so tall, but that's when you think about it. It's like, hey, like, I could go for a two-hour walk. <laughs> Just a stroll to your Just death. Just a stroll to your death. Like, it also makes all these people who climb Mount Everest, it's like, what's the big deal? <laughs> no, Please I don't send us I angry know, emails. I know lots of people die on that mountain. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know people have died. It's okay. <laughs> no, I don't know anyone who died. I know people do die. Um, I know people who've died, just not on Mount Everest. I feel like we've gotten sidetracked. <laughs> Point is, it's deep, but like it's not that deep, which I think is going to put into perspective a lot of the creepy shit we're about to learn about it sort of in its place. I think the biggest spooky factor of the ocean is despite it being such a large part of the planet, we've only explored 5 to 10% of it. That's insane. Which is absolutely nothing. Do you know more people have been on the moon than have been to the bottom of the ocean. 
Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Like, we've been further out into space than we have been down. Is that just because the sheer, like, pressure of the ocean, it's, like, pretty much impossible to build something yeah, for humans so when, to survive in that? Like When I kind of was, like, initially not researching the ocean, I was like, the space, the ocean, I'd imagine it would kind of have the same problems, like, crazy temperatures, no oxygen, but it's actually very, very different, which I guess kind of explains why we have gone up instead of down, because it's just that much easier to go out into space and survive than it is in the ocean for reasons that we will get to as we get deeper down. And I guess people find space probably maybe a lot more interesting. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a lot, a lot more enticing. Like, we all kind of know what water is. Like, we've all seen sand and, like, seaweed. And <laughs> there's this mentality that's, like, it's all the same all the way down to the bottom. Then the, the sky and space is certainly more interesting. Yeah. You know? Because, like... Once you get, I think once you get past a certain part of the ocean, it's just sheer black. Whereas yeah. in space, you've got stars, you've got the moon. It's pretty. Blinding sun. It's pretty up there. So, yeah, we're going to start at the sunshine level, which is the, the first 200 meters of the ocean. Um, and this is where it's, it's mostly pretty calm and balmy. There's lots of sunshine. Um, and the pressure is not too bad. Now, that's going to be the main thing we talk about is pressure. And the way ocean pressure is talked about is in something called atmospheres. So if you think about the regular pressure on like, you know, on the beach, walking around on earth, it's one. They call it atmosphere one. So it's very, <laughs> I know it's, it's, it's very simple. It's really, they do simplify it. Atmosphere one. And essentially it means that the same amount of pressure pushing onto us, which is actually like 6.6 .6, like kilos per square inch, um, is the same amount of pressure like that our body fluids are like pushing outward so it just equalizes oh okay yeah so one is neutral every 10 meters down into the ocean you get that atmospheric pressure is increased by another one which means it it double, doubles so 10 meters down and you've already doubled that at that pressure oh my gosh so 20 meters down which you could feasibly swim like just regularly at the beach you know and you said the ocean at its deepest point is 10,000 metres. Which means it's, it's roughly about 11,000 atmosphere. <laughs> which, which, which is difficult to comprehend. The, the pressure, I mean, we don't feel any pressure, but imagine that the pressure of the air mm. was 11,000 times stronger than it is right now. God. You didn't, you'd explode, wouldn't you? Yeah, a little more gruesome than that. <laughs> Implode? It's like your, everything gets like sucked inside itself and pops. You'd pop like a balloon oh. full of guts. Not pretty. But we don't need to worry about that because we're only in the sunshine level. 200 metres down. Mm -hmm. It's balmy. Except you can consider that the safe diving levels, I'm talking free diving, like you just get a little goggles on swimming mm -hmm. down is 40 meters more than 40 meters it's considered unsafe for just an amateur wow which is not that far 40 meters down is really not that far because you're already at five atmosphere down there and if you go any further as an untrained person the atmosphere can start detrimentally affecting your health it can cause um like air bubbles in your blood it can <gasps> like cause you'd have the bends in which like basically all parts of your organs start to have problems. There's not enough like oxygen getting to your head. There's like, I think a high intake of like nit nitrogen, which can make you feel woozy and potentially go unconscious. 
the list of things that start happening to your body just increases. More importantly, though, it's all about lung capacity. Mm. So your lungs just the pressure just builds on them. Your lung capacity shrinks significantly yeah. to the point where you're just not going to be able to breathe enough. Oh my god. So 40 meters is the safe diving level. Yeah. You go down to the beach, 40 meters down is all that is recommended for you to swim. Wow. And then you start getting dead after that. <laughs> Just a little bit each time. So if, if you know that 40 metres is bad, we'll drop down to the twilight zone, which is 200 metres below. Mm-hmm. So this is what we would officially call the deep sea. Light starts to fail pretty rapidly. You might still get a little at the top, but after that you're going to start to get into the darkness area. Um, and... Interestingly, in the Twilight Zone is where 90% of the world's fish population live. Mm. So that's where almost all of our food and sharks and et cetera, et cetera, kind of reside. Mm -hmm. It's the the crowded level. So we said the safe diving level is 40 metres. The world record free dive, which is someone just going down without any sort of apparatus, they'll have usually like a – it's like a – sort of weight on a string that will help them get down fast, but they don't have sort of an oxygen tank or anything like that. So the world record for the free dive was set in 2007, and it's 214 metres. And what did they say the recommended? 40. Wow. So these are, like, highly experienced people who spend their whole lives. They can, like, slow their heart rate down to – I read one record that it said, like, one beat every, like – 14 seconds or something what the heck yeah i feel like it's important to note that neither of us has been diving no no i i specifically like i'm like the water's fine but i specifically have a deep fear of like the deep ocean and submarines and stuff like that for reasons that will become clear so 214 meters for the free dive which is Mm -hmm. crazy like he had to have so much self-control over his body. And then, so he, this same guy, Nietzsche, did actually beat his own record a couple of years ago, but not without, like, negative health side effects. Yeah, how's he doing? Well, he was fine after 214 metres, and then he pushed it a bit and got a little sick. Um, he's fine. I, he's alive as far as I know, <laughs> last I checked. Wow. Um, but it was, that's really deep. And then you get into scuba, right, which is when they have, like, oxygen and and ah yeah proper gear and the world record for that is 332 meters oh i thought it would be more well no because they're not like that's not like connected to a hose or anything no just with the tank on you because the reason for that is the pressure gets insane so basically what happens as you go down into the ocean is that the pressure of the ocean is just going to start to crush you right and cause all those problems so it took him 12 minutes to get down 332 meters. In order to prevent what's like known as the bends, so basically as you rise, like the pressure from inside your body is is at a different rate to the pressure mm-hmm. from outside your body. Yeah. And if you don't slowly readjust your internal pressure, you're basically going to like crush yourself. Oh my gosh. So it took him 12 minutes to get down that far, 15 hours to get back up. What? Because he had to go that slowly to prevent himself from just crumbling. Oh, my God. From just dying down there. There is a Mythbusters episode (laughs) 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 from, like, I think it's season seven of Mythbusters. It's available on YouTube. Go check it out. Where they did this experiment that said 
if something goes wrong with your air pressure being pumped into your, like, you know, those old-fashioned diving suits? Yeah. And suddenly you were to lose that, that pressure, your body would basically shrivel up and be, like, sucked up into the helmet. <laughs> so they were, they did, they tested it because they're like, well, let's see if this is true. So they got, like, a pretty gruesome they got like a meat sack and like like real meat and cut it open and stuffed it with like organs and yeah. blood stitched it back up again shoved it into an old diving suit and then lowered it only 90 meters mm-hmm. right and they were pumping like oxygen through to it to make sure that the pressure inside the suit was like adequate to the same mm-hmm. pressure from outside and then they cut that oxygen off to see mm-hmm. what would happen and you can watch this on youtube but it, it, it is true. The body just starts to get crumpled and pr- like pressed on and then all the meat and the organs and the blood inside of you will get sucked up and it got sucked up into the helmet and pushed out to the point where the glass and like the metal like bolts a leaking stomach. Yuck. And Why it's does it caving go- in. Why does it go through the helmet? My guess, because that now I'm just this is completely unscientific. Just speculating. My guess is that the helmet is like a like a air bubble, right? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's where like the it's like a vacuum, right? That's where the pressure is has built up to. So the pressure to the suit's been cut off, so it all just. Oh my gosh! Disgusting. It like. <laughs> And that's what happens to you when you go down that deep. And we're not even out of the twilight zone yet. That is only, that video was 90 metres below sea level. I just can't, I can't get over the, uh, your body being sucked up into the helmet. Like watch it. Like if you're like grossed out by gruesome things, maybe give it a a skip. Because it is (laughs) so, like I love the Mistbusters. I've never seen anything that gruesome on it. Yeah. It's like visceral. So nowadays, of course, they have, like, really extreme precautions and a lot of measures and stuff. But people who spend a lot of time at such deep levels in diving bells and stuff, they actually – they have this really complicated system where they, like, have, like, a pressurized chamber up, like, on the surface of the ocean. Mm. And the people who work there will actually stay there for, like, days and days at a time. They'll live there because it takes so long for your body to, like, get back to the right pressure, internal pressure, that it's – more economic just to have them like at the deep sea pressure for like a couple of weeks of working. Your body's literally adjusting to it. Like the body takes days and days and days to adjust. Wow. I'm going to step in with a sea creature Ooh, do question it. for you. Because we're talking about pressure. Okay, yeah. This is a question for you, Erica. Okay. What do you think? Pure speculation. Ooh. If, okay, so humans can't go down this far and withstand that much pressure Mm -hmm. like that. So if deep sea creatures can withstand those ridiculous amounts of pressure, do you think you could sit on them and they would feel it? (laughs) (laughs) That's not where I expected the question to go. Um, Huh. You mean like a dolphin? (laughs) But like, yes. (laughs) Right. Okay. Well, no, no, okay, no, 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 no,
you know, you can lift things way, way heavier than you can underwater because they don't, you don't have that pressure. But, like, they're built to withstand extreme amounts of pressure. Okay. So are they just, like, is their skin, like, so thick that it's just, It's not like, thick. It's got to do with the, the blood, like, the I see. internal liquid, the pressure that your internal liquids are oozing at. I see. So our internal liquids are oozing at <laughs> a pressure of atmosphere one. Mm. The deep, deep, deep sea cre- creatures are... Uh, blood pressure or not blood pressure like liquid pressure is oozing out uh, a different atmosphere so it's it's not about thickness of skin it's about just the way your internal organs function i suppose mm. so i think the creatures that i'm going to pitch to you today are in the next level down which is the midnight the midnight zone. yeah also can we take a moment to just appreciate whoever named the zones of the ocean yes thank you all the names of the ocean. We'll get further down and there's some really cool ones, but it's like I love a bit of drama, a little artistic flair in my name, and this person really got it. So we move off the twilight zone down to the midnight zone, which mm. is when we're talking a 1,000 metres below sea level. So twilight zone was 200 metres, so we're dropping a fair amount down to a 1,000 metres. And now we have never had humans sort of in the open water dive this deep before. Um, and that's just because we can't do it. Mm. We can only exist on this very specific level of the earth. And it's it's easy to think that that's like an enormous level. I'm going to add to your fear. Please. And tell you about a terrifying fish that lives in the midnight zone. Because oh. we've got bioluminescent this creatures cool. I love down this. there. And... Uh, this particular fish was in Finding Nemo. <gasps> Features in it, and it looks <laughs> horrifically ugly. I'm sorry. I'm so like, I'm sorry to that fish. It can't hear me. It's I don't too, think it's gonna hear you. It's, it's too underwater. Far away. <laughs> <laughs> no sound. <laughs> it's not true. There is sound underwater. <laughs> yeah, cut that out. It's okay. <laughs> but uh, the anglerfish. Mm has this like rod coming out of its head. Oh yeah, I remember that bad boy from yep. my name Nemo. That has a light at the end. And the light I have learned mm-hmm. is actually tiny glowing bacteria attached cool. to it. So it's not like Photobacterium. Okay, wait, so if, if an anglerfish is born, does it does it not have its glowy light? That's a good question. Is it born with the bacteria? I guess not. It, yeah, I guess I don't know how that works, but basically they like live off it it gives it gives the fish light and they get nutrients from the fish so it's like a give take type thing but because basically that light lures in the prey tricks tricks like underwater prey, moths. whatever it eats underwater moths yeah yeah and uh basically those bacteria are like little like pawns in its chess game of death <laughs> basically I think one of the most interesting things about this fish is that so the, the female version of this fish is quite big and is the one that has the rod out coming out of it classy with the light. Lady, classy yes. lady. Uh, the male version of this fish literally only exists to find a female to mate with. <laughs> That's how it should be. Uh. Maybe, <laughs> maybe this fish got things right. It's, t- it's like tiny and that's all it does is it just goes and finds the female to mate. Life's simpler in the ocean. So the female, like the female version, the anglerfish, 
mm-hmm. is just like she rules. <laughs> she rules that species pretty much. See, this is where I'm having some trouble with with the whole concept of the ocean is why is it it down there? (laughs) You know what I mean? What's it doing? Like, I don't... Because it's still a part of our ecosystem. But, like, Why do we need... Why do we need the oceans to be so deep? And why do they need to be... If it's that, like, crazy, why do things need to live in it? Like, what are they doing? Do they experience joy? You know what I mean? Like, it, it, this is getting like okay. You look at a an ant, maybe not an ant. Oh, okay. You look at an ant and you go, you're, you know, going about your day. Mm-hmm. But I can imagine an ant probably feels some kind of emotion. I don't think they do. You don't think? I so? think they're in yeah, that maybe part. Not. It's kind of. It doesn't it go in levels? Where it's like like cockroaches and stuff don't have feelings. <laughs> that sounds like something someone told you once because you don't like cockroaches. I mean, it's probably true. I can't imagine. But then uh, I guess so. I'm just – it's just like why is there so much of the world so inhospitable to other parts of the world? You know what I mean? Mm. Like you stick a frog up in the air and it will fall into its death. <laughs> you stick a bird in the ocean and it will drown. Like I yeah. just – there's so much of the earth that is so versatile and so hospitable to such a niche group of of living things. That's true. I mean, while we're on the topic of that, they found this fish that is like lives the deepest of any fish. This fish lives at the bottom of the Mar- Mariana Trench, which is like pretty much impossible. Mm. But it's kind of like it's the world's deepest living fish. And you have to think, is it lonely? What's it doing down there? How'd it get there? What's it doing now? What's it eating? Why? Well, it eats like things off the ground, I think. (laughs) But like, I don't even think it has eyes. Like it just uses its little sucker mouth. It doesn't really have any parts of of its body because it it can't, like that deep down, you pretty much can't swim like at all. They just kind of float around. evolution, like things evolve to survive the environment in which they have to. Mm. But why? (laughs) For what purpose? They can't, well, what I think we're getting like into religion here, but like why? I don't know about the why, but they can't really get out of there, can they? They can't just swim upwards and be like, oh, well, let's see what happens. That's what's kind of fucked. They're trapped down there. We're trapped up here. Like the birds are trapped. Well, they, they're pretty versatile. <laughs> they're, trapped. <laughs> they're trapped in the you atmosphere. I mean? Like the polar bears are trapped in cold environments, you know. It's just... I just wish everything – I wish we could all visit. I wish I could go on a little day trip down to the bottom of the Mariana Trench and say hi to this little dude that's sucking up all the ground dirt. And I wish that little dude could come up and visit my house for the weekend. I just feel like every creature should be able to experience all these different facets of, of our planet. This is what I'm saying. We're, we're going off to Mars and shit, which yeah. I love space travel. Yeah. Like, you know me. Yeah. But, like – Let's just explore our own backyard first. You know what I mean? I think mm-hmm. we si- set our sights a little too big. Let's just really get a firm understanding of where we mm-hmm. are before we shoot off into another planet. I mean, that's very true. I think if you were going to go on a day trip into the ocean, though, mm. you definitely wouldn't want to come across a giant squid. Yeah. Well, unless those it was things, friendly. <laughs> unless it was friendly. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think those friends would... Friends. I don't think <laughs> I don't think those giant squids would be you very call friendly. Them friends, it's okay. Well, I also have another question. Oh, why we're on the these. topic of giant squid, and then we can move on to the next zone. Yeah. But Erica, yeah, 
How would you fend off a giant squid? Well, okay, see, now that we've talked about them, I kind of feel like it's my buddy. (laughs) But if I had to fend off a giant squid, first question, are we in the water, like submerged in the water? Because then I'm at a severe disadvantage. Yes, it's just taken you. Shit. Um, I suppose my first reaction would just be to try to like... Maybe you're swimming and you come across one. Good Lord. Somehow. I don't have any weapons. Um, Maybe just... Maybe I'd like pretend to be a rock. I'm talking self-defense. This is not, I'm, I don't think I'm going to win against the squid, but self-defense, I just like curl up in a little ball and let myself sink. Um, okay. You've already lost because you're not supposed to go limp. Are you not? With no. Sc- oh no. No. <laughs> it's the exact wrong thing. It would just keep attacking you. Oh no. <laughs> you're a goner. In I'd- that case, I'd probably try biting it, I guess. You would try biting it. Yeah. I mean, it's giant. I, that might help. I mean, that's my only natural defense, you know? You're like, you try and eat me, I'll try and eat you. Exactly. Like, I don't really have claws or big kangaroo feet to kick it. I've got teeth, <laughs> Why? How would you fight a giant squid? Um, I'd probably try and punch it in the face. Although you can't really see its eyes. This is, so. And also, I feel like I'm going to have more. Like, I feel like we're talking about res- water resistance. I feel like you're going to lose a lot of that strength in that punch. Whereas your teeth, you've always got your jumpers. From the research I've done, I think you have to do somersaults in the water and you have to sorry, try and get sorry, away. No, 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 no. We need to backtrack <laughs> just a moment. From the research you've done into fighting giant squid. Yes, because. Uh. So basically what happened is, again, no one responds to our emails. Oh, yeah. And we, uh, well, I, <laughs> this is all under my name. Thank you very much. I emailed a professor at a university in yeah. Sydney. Professor of Marine Biology. Professor of Marine Biology. Very qualified. Very I pretty qualified. much said, hey, you look qualified. Uh, what is the best way to uh, fend off a giant squid? I just want to be prepared. Thank you. And he didn't get back to you? He did not get back to me. So either he doesn't know. Or he got got by the squid, in which case we definitely don't want to ask him. <laughs> no. <laughs> Because then the squid's out to get us. <laughs> squid's checking his emails. <laughs> He's, He's got his phone. <laughs> we have to make sure. But so I thought, again, I'm just going to figure this out on my own because now I want to know. I'm worried that I'm going to go for a swim in the ocean and get taken by a giant squid. Especially if they uh, listen to this. They'll be ready for your <laughs> tactical them in the face. Can you imagine putting little headphones in <laughs> That anyway. is so cute. I don't think maybe he is, but I like the imagery. I know. But yes, I Googled it in the end. <laughs> <laughs> the most reliable. Somersaults. Source. For anyone, everyone okay. listening, somersaults. I can do underwater somersaults, so that's, yep. that seems maybe viable for me. Yeah, somersaults confuses the, the giant squids, apparently. So. <laughs> I don't know what the, where you're getting information from. I hope it's true, though. I hope it's true. I hope so. I trust you. Thank you. Um, let's venture further down. Mm-hmm. So we've passed the midnight zone, which, as we've established, humans just, uh-uh, uh, giant squids do live there. Um, and let's head into the next and second final zone called the abyss. Like I said, these names are just so cool. And this is when we're talking 4,000 meters below. And it's just dark and it's cold and it's empty. Um, except you might stumble across the deepest shipwreck ever found. Can you believe that? There was this boat called SS Rio Grande that sunk down to 5,700 metres below sea level. Oh, my goodness. It's a bit daunting, isn't it? It is. 
This uh, segues into my next question for you, Erica. Okay. (laughs) This is just a uh, hypothetical, purely hypothetical. Unlike all these other questions. (laughs) While we're talking about sinking. (laughs) Okay. Let's say if someone dumped your body over the deepest part of the ocean, just happened to be the deepest part of the ocean, would you just keep sinking all the way down? No. No? Humans are shockingly buoyant. That's why all these bodies get dredged up in rivers. <gasps> That's true. So what happens after you, I don't know, I know this, but after you, after you, it, it takes like, uh, far out, I don't know the exact time, but it's, it's a window between like mm-hmm. seven to 24 hours where you, all the gases in your body start to release after you die. And it basically makes you a giant like balloon and you just bounce right back up to the surface. Oh, my God. Yeah. I didn't think you'd have an answer for that. Which is why when, like, if you think someone's been, like, you know, had a body shoved into the water, there's really no point in looking for it um, up until that that first check mark when you know it's going to be decomposed enough that the gases are going to shoot back up to the – that's why in all those old mafia movies they'd, like, tie cement bricks around people to try to keep them way down. So that they can't. What so if you had? Count. Okay, well then, if you had cement bricks tied to you. Well, see, eventually, um, unless they're like really secure, like you would just rot. Your feet and stuff would just rot away down there, and and then you'd you'd lose the bricks and you'd bounce right back up. But let's mm-hmm. just say theoretically, you did drop a body um, down to the deepest mm-hmm. part of the ocean. You would be entering the trenches, <gasps> the final stage of the ocean, and the deepest, also called the hadopelagic, which is when we're talking six thousand meters below. So. It's called the trenches because this basically occurs in only trenches. You pass that like sea floor area and you go into the, the deep canyon, such as the Mariana Trench, which is the deepest. Um, and this will take you down to the bottom, which is 10,994 metres down or 11 kilometres. But we also have a couple other creatures too. Mm-hmm. We have a 300 million year old squid called the vampire squid from hell just the one (laughs) just the one no they've been there they've been around for 300 million years no one really actually really knows how old they are well (laughs) oh my good (laughs) no one's actually seen them in their natural habitat they've only ever been like washed up but they're pretty freaky looking they're called the vampire squid because they have these like webbed they have like eight webbed feet and it looks like a cape. So how old again? I'm not 300 million years they've been around. Like they've found fossils of them that look pretty much indistinguishable. Like they have not changed much because when you're in that part of the ocean, it's just like you don't really – they haven't evolved. Like it's just like stayed pretty much the same. Because the it has – the bottom of the ocean hasn't evolved, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Shit. It's uh, – it's pretty crazy, but they do this thing where if they're around a predator, they invert their skin and they expose their spine. So it basically looks like they're just showing their butthole. Okay. Which is either very brave or very risky. Yeah. Could go either way. <laughs> Could go either way. And there's also this, like, this squid with 26 feet long arms that they randomly came across in the Gulf of Mexico like 10 years ago or something, and it looks – it's got, like, elbow arms. It's it's the weirdest thing ever. It's called the big fin squid. So we have, like, aliens 
in our oceans, well, that's really. that's the thing. We've got all these creatures that have been around for so much longer mm. than, than anything on the Earth's surface. In many ways, it's this, in, if we're judging it by just longevity, it's the superior biodome, isn't it, the deep ocean? Mm-hmm. Things certainly seem to have lasted longer. There's been more stability, less change, which if that's an indicator for success, then kudos mm-hmm. to the deep sea. But this is, okay, this is where I really, okay, so when people say you go up to space, you can't, you know, survive up in the air, mm. that to me seems fine. I'm like, yeah. yes, because humans aren't made to go up, you know? Yes. <laughs> like we can only jump yay high yeah. and that's how it is. Gravity. Gravity. Yeah. Gravity is there. Mm. But we should be able to go down. It's only natural. We go yeah. down all the time. Mm. You fall, you sit, you go down a hill. You know what I mean? Gravity is there. Yeah. So we should be able to go down the fact that we can't a because we just cease to go down you start to float <laughs> yeah you, know, you just give up and you float also but but also because it's just you you can't do it it's in totally mm. inhospitable death quite instantly death destruction and then third, yeah all these other creatures are sort of making it their their home yeah i don't think you would want to come across these You'd, I, I, I feel like you'd have you'd get tentacles trying to eat you, tentacle legs, twenty six feet long, randomly out of nowhere. Like and it's so dark, you couldn't see them coming. No, I, I read that the giant squid, when it eats, it has like um, gag reflex problems, so it eats bigger things really, really slowly. So it would be if you were still alive at that point, it would be a very slow death. Like you wouldn't want to come across this. <laughs> Almost certainly not. No. So in our ocean versus ocean. Yeah. Um, what are our main what, – what's, what's your verdict ooh. here? It's hard to separate the creatures from the, mm-hmm. in the habitat. Because they can't exist without the other. Yeah. Well, I think – see, I think the ocean could exist without any things in it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's just a big pile of water, isn't it? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but I, I just – um, What's scarier? I'm not over this Mythbusters <laughs> video I watched. It fucked me up. It's so... It's not even that deep. This is the thing. If all these deadly things about the ocean, like the pressure and the darkness and the et cetera, et cetera, that all occurred in the, like, abyss zone, in mm-hmm. the trenches, mm-hmm. I could deal with that, you know? Mm. It's the fact that that's, like, 100 metres down. Mm. It is really, really close. Yeah. It is not that far at all. Mm. You could accidentally go scuba diving and get the bends. Like, just the fact that something that is so accessible, so, like, prolific and so dangerous mm. and not meant for humans, mm. to me, there's, like, a deep existential, like, the world really isn't ours, you know? Mm-hmm. It's not meant for us. Mm-hmm. I know. Well, when I think about the fact that we have, we we have our own aliens down there, yeah, and they're there. Like we forget about them, but if you go swimming, I mean, they're not going to be right beneath you, but they're around. They're pretty beneath you, though. and they can, you know, come back far. up. They come up. They come up. Come they up, go back down. Hi. Yeah, come give you a nip on your foot. <laughs> <laughs> but like. To me, I don't know. That's just ter- that's just terrifying. So we're still divided. No, no. I mean, decision. I mean, now that you've debunked my 
fear question about if someone dumped your body, would you fall all the way yeah. down to the bottom? No, you'd pop back up. Now I'm a lot less scared of the ocean because really? I know that at least your body would just come back up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but, well, what if I put it this way? What if if you were in a shipwreck and your body was trapped in the ship and it floated oh. down to the Mariana Trench, you would be down there, the bottom of the, like, accessible earth in the dark in the cold. Oh, yeah, because it's freezing down there. It's, it's like freezing it's temperatures. Quite literally, one degree. Yeah. Not that cold. Not as cold as I thought it was going to be. One degree is not that bad. Okay, yeah, I thought it was going to be like minus 40 yeah, or something. Yeah, no, 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 oh, not okay. that bad. Um, Near freezing. But you're there in the dark, in the cold. That Wet, far sad. Below, <laughs> knowing no one is ever going to be able to come and get you. Okay, yeah, no, I can't handle that. <laughs> You've done it now. Yeah, I would love for a giant squid to come and help me at that oh point. Oh, my God, if a giant squid, like, slooped my body out of the ship and popped it back up onto the yeah. sort of ocean yeah. surface, hell yeah. Because at that, at that uh, I don't think a snailfish could help you at that point. That's the only <laughs> thing that's down there that's that deep. Um, but if, if, a, if a giant squid could somehow help you on the way to might. floating down. It might. It could, otherwise you're just dealing with lots of little, like, plankton. <laughs> and you'd just be there forever. Oh, God, no. And it's so deep. <laughs> and it's so dark. And it's so bad for people. It's, it's so bad it's for you. It's so bad for you to be at the bottom of the ocean. Don't do it. Verdict? It's bad for you to be at the bottom of the ocean. Verdict, don't do it. Yeah, don't be at the bottom of the ocean. If you can right. avoid it. Um, yeah. I mean, don't do that to James Cameron. He loves that bloody place. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this has been the Hoke Poke Pod. I'm Emily. And I'm Erica. We'll see you next time. Hi, you've reached the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening. And if you like what you've heard, it would be fantastic if you could rate us or leave a review. Or better yet, show us to some of your friends. Get the word out there about this spooky little podcast. If you want to know more about us or this episode, you can visit our website, thehokepokepod.com.au. We post updates, links, episodes, and any references we've mentioned, you'll be able to find them right there. We'd like to say a huge thank you to Giamo Timble for the amazing graphics and art that he's made for the podcast, as well as our undying appreciation to Robert P. Kelly, our marvellous and ever-patient editor we love you rob and finally if you'd like to contact us you can send us an email at hokepokepod at gmail.com we'd love to hear from you feedback episode suggestions whatever takes your fancy we will be there thank you so much for the support and we'll catch you next time bye bye